Episode 82, Alpesh Patel. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Introducing YouthFit, the UK's first ever youth health and fitness summit. November 22nd on the Saturday, London Gatwick. Get to the podcast. We have Alpesh Patel here. He is the chief executive officer and founder of MyPhone, born in the Ugandan jungle while his parents were there on safari. MyPhone's CEO and founder is the true meaning of Indian blood, African heart. The original African Indian entrepreneur made a name for himself selling large volumes of mobile devices to the Chinese back in the 90s. Alpesh founded MyPhone in 2008 after leaving Motorola where he was their director of sales in Africa, where he placed more, placed more than 5 million devices into the continent. Whilst there, he realized that the big brands were missing the point and that ultimately, Africa was best served by Africans themselves. His 20 years of experience in the mobile business is not to be taken lightly. After living in five continents around the world, he now maintains residence in Mauritius, Dubai and South Africa. And of course, has a residency on most Emirates flights. He's coming to me live from South Africa today. Um, he's just fresh off, apart from all this cool stuff, he's just fresh off from winning GQ's Best Dressed Man. He's an absolute legend. Alpesh, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Why not? Let's get cracking. <laughs> awesome. Again, that was quite a, I mean, such a varied and interesting background you've come in from there. Is there a sort of a, an alpha or success quote that you like to live your life by and sort of really resonates with you? Yeah, I just, I just believe that. Uh, I mean, I've, I mean, I've, I, I live by a lot of quotes. Uh, yep. Some, some of them I make up myself, and some of them I, <laughs> I follow other other people's quotes. But I really believe that you know, uh, time does not wait for anyone, and I have wasted a lot of time in the past. Uh, I was, you know, very successful in Hong Kong when I was selling to the uh, Chinese in the early '90s. But then I lost everything and started again, and then lost it. Yeah. And um, I think, as you know, I think. Uh, you know, today I'm I'm in my late 40s, so it's not like I'm a young guy, and uh, I've kind of learned over the last few few years that how important your your time management is is when it, when you're trying to further your career or further your your life. You know, and it's my, my number one advice to young kids today. You know, uh, if you have something that you're really passionate about, you be the best at it, and make sure you train you you train every day on being the best. Um, and really, you know, it's about just making sure that you utilize your time because we just don't have time to, to, to waste. And it's such a fast-moving world. Attention to detail is getting less and less by your, your buyers, your, your partners. Yeah. You're getting swamped by too much social media coming from all over the place. You've got to be very smart today to get someone's attention. You need to skill yourself up. You need to, you know, go to the next level um, and, and hone your skills in, in that way. Unfortunately for me, it's taken me 20 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm, yeah. so, I'm still not there, but, you know, uh, that, that, you know that's, that's my path. It was cut out for me, and, and that's the path I follow. But obviously, it's not the same path that others would, others would be on. No, I would say, if someone tried to follow your path, uh, good luck to them, because it's such a, you know... <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a, I've had a crazy... Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff with my eyes. I, I've, I've lived in many, 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 many countries, and I've experienced a lot of cultures, and I've traveled a lot. I would say it took quite a long time, just and a mouthful, just to get through, sort of very briefly, where you where you're originally from and sort of your journey. Yeah, I, I, today I, I can't. You know, people ask me all the time, "Where are you from?" And I don't know what to say because I'm a mixture <laughs> of, I'm a, you know, where where are you from is really you know, where are you from is where are you born? What is your bloodline? Yeah. Where is your family? Where does your soul lie? You know, I mean, there's so many things. Yeah, I, I uh, 
I, I, so gonna, it's very difficult. I know. Well, I'm going to try and well, let's we try and have a. I mean, even if you did it, it was quite a quick summary. It still take a while, but let's let's go for it. Then we're going to try and. So this is our origin question. How did you get from basically the Ugandan jungle all the way to basically living in Mauritius, South Africa, uh, London, Dubai, um, and having launching my phone and you know really making an impact on Africa, basically. Yeah, well, look, my my grandparents moved to Africa in, in the late eighties, and uh, and you know, my my as a railroad worker with, with the rest of the Indians who were brought to the continent, and my granddad then, uh, being an entrepreneur, he's he he opened a, a cinema, and then very soon he got the Odeon Cinema franchise for East Africa. Okay. So the ori the original business of my family is cinemas and show business, you know, uh, um, and. You know, when when my my when my parents were on safari, uh, I came out a bit earlier than expected. <laughs> uh, you know, everything was set for us. Uganda, we had a very nice lifestyle. We had a very nice lifestyle. You know, parents were top socialites. You know, uh, movie theaters with with the likes of John John Wayne and all these guys when they come on holidays would would, would come into the cinema to, uh, you know, for premieres yeah. and things. So uh, it was a heyday of the uh, of the of the sixties. You know. But unfortunately, Idi Amin, or rather fortunately now, yeah. Idi Amin uh, kicked kicked out all the Indians from uh, from Uganda in the early seventies. So we were we were we were <clears throat> sent to the UK uh, yeah. with a hundred dollars in our pocket. It's almost you looking back on it and how it how crazy it went over there. It's, it's almost like at least he, it's almost a good thing that he kicked you out because I mean it, it got pretty rough in there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean at the end of the day, you know, I mean uh, it, it was a blessing in disguise as, yeah. as far as I see it. But uh, I've actually got a clip of me and my brother getting off the plane uh, taken by the BBC, which I'm actually going to send to you, oh, and maybe brilliant. you can show you can show it to to, you, to some of your folks. Yeah. It's a, you'll see me and my brother getting off the plane with our pillows. Oh, this was back in 1972, yeah. and the UK was a pretty hostile place, you know, for yeah. for us in those days. Um, but, you know, my parents went from being top socialized to working three jobs a day in the harsh climate of the UK. Uh, but really, you know, it, it taught me one thing is, is that, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't come to you on a platter. No. You've got to earn, you've got to, you don't make money, you've got to earn money. It really showed me how important uh, uh, the work ethic is. Now, if you look at the, and what I say was a blessing in disguise because we received a very good British education. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I am very thankful to, to Her Majesty's government for taking us in and, you know, um, giving us and, and the rest of the Indians and making us who we are today. Indians are the most successful people today in the UK. It must, I mean, at that age as well, what a cr crazy experience. That's being sort of evacuated from Uganda. That's uh, really is a piece of history. And I'm, I'm always so interested in uh, Africa's history and stuff like that. And I've, I've been through Uganda myself on my honeymoon, basically. We was traveling for a year and was, I talked to you before about Africa is literally both me and my wife's favorite continents. It's so varied. And we did the mountain gorillas in Uganda, but it was a pretty hostile place. It's, an awesome, it's a hostile place. But, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I was in, in school in the UK, you know, comprehensive school, yeah. government school, and then I went to University of Hull. But, you know, just all throughout my, my young days, I was just really much into the hip-hop music scene, into the breakdancing scene. All my friends were either Jamaicans or Nigerians. <laughs> um, you know, my affinity to music um, led me to be very close to where I was actually coming from, which was Africa. When I left university, I put an advert on the, on the Hong Kong Trade Council uh, board in London, uh, saying that I've got mobile phones to sell because I, I just started dabbling in mobile phones when I left university. Yeah. Um, and within two weeks, I got, a, I got, an, e I got not an email. <laughs> there was no email in those days. I got, I got a letter uh, from uh, via the Hong Kong Trade Council of, of a guy who's uh, looking for 183 Motorola phones. 
yeah. for the Chinese municipal government. And I said, well, I can supply it. I couldn't, but I knew I could go and find them. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I invited a guy over to London. He came with a bag of cash and I didn't have that kind of money to buy the phone. So it was my first real deal. Did you have any idea what you wanted to do or did you just know you wanted to be an entrepreneur or what? No, I just knew, no, I just, I knew that I was, I was an entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe entrepreneurs are born. I don't think entrepreneurs are made. Mm -hmm. I think you've either got it or you don't. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds fancy, you know, the word entrepreneur, but yeah. it's, it's really, but what are you? You're a hustler. You're a, you're hustling. Right? <laughs> I, love it. I don't mean that in a, I don't I mean that in a, in a, I thought you going to start singing then. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. I don't, I was just going to say, I don't mean that in a, like a hip hop way, but <laughs> you are really, you are really hustling and hustling is moving fast, right? Yeah. You talk fast, you get things done fast and you want to just, you know, it's a buy and sell. It's a quick trade. Yeah. Really entrepreneurs right. are traders by blood. How and when did you come into then actually going in and working for these big mobile phone companies and obviously working for well, someone no, else? I, uh, for the, for, for when I went, so I, I supplied this guy the phones. I moved yeah. over to Hong Kong. I was a suitcase trader for the first one, two years. Yeah. Uh, no, for five years in Hong Kong, I was a suitcase trader, basically taking phones every 10 days from London in my suitcase to Hong Kong, selling them, making a thousand pounds a box, going back to London, buying more phones. I was the first guy to sell phones into the Chinese uh, southern, southern, southern Chinese market. Wow. Nokia was not around, and I was I was a millionaire by twenty three. I was a millionaire you in dollars. That's awesome. What did what did they think of you going through the airports with these bags or well, suitcase of mobile phones? Was it nothing. No there was not there, nothing. I mean, because I was yeah. trading into I was taking from London to Hong Kong. Hong Kong was part of the British colony. There was no taxes or anything. I was just bringing them in, and obviously I'd sell them to my Hong Kong guys. And how they how they uh, took them over to the Chinese border was was their business. Yeah, absolutely genius. So I mean, you're a millionaire at twenty three. I imagine not all of your friends were millionaires. What, what do you think singled you out, or how did you spot that opportunity? Because it's it, like you say, it was there for everyone to take. What do you think was like your awakening? I did it, you know? I did it, um, and I became a millionaire. And all my buyers were hardcore Chinese guys. I have a lot of respect for the Chinese. You know, um, yeah. their bond, their word is their bond. My word is my bond, and I learned that from the Chinese. Uh, today, if I give you a commitment, I'm making that commitment. We don't have to sign contracts is because they would pay me in advance without any POs, without any contracts, and they would expect me to deliver. When I delivered, they would give me more business. And so I had to keep my word of delivery, right? Yeah. So I really believe in, in honor and ethics. I really do believe in that. And that, that's basically probably why I'm not as successful as I should be today, because I have certain principles that I will not, that I, that I will not compromise on. Well, at the time when you're making that kind of money, I was offered the first internet cafe in Hong Kong, and I said no. I said, what the... <laughs> I said, what the hell is internet? You know? <laughs> it's never I was offered a license. <laughs> I was offered a license in India. And I was like, India? Who, who the hell wants to go to India? <laughs> so because I was young and I was immature, I was messed up in my mind because I thought, I'm making easy money. Why do I need to now think about something else? And that was my, my, my first biggest downfall and mistake is when I thought that this gravy train is going to run forever. And it doesn't. Yeah, you've got to adapt. If, you're not being so if you're not reinventing yourself you are screwed yeah that's, that's a really good, got, really good lesson and right? i got and i got screwed by myself <laughs> blimey do you think your, your ego played a part because i mean if be interesting to f see how most young 20 20 year olds handle that kind of money and that kind of ego boost. you can't you can't you can't you can't you can't you're the you're the baddest man in the club you know you're buying <laughs> yeah. drink you're buying drinks for everyone you have uh, you you know with you're with a different girl every night you're going on first class trips everywhere you don't have a comprehension of 
creating wealth. You think you're wealthy, but you're not. You know, your young mindset. If you're on your own, you don't have you, you don't have a mentor. You don't have someone guiding you. You know, it's like you're making your own moves, and you think you're making slick moves, but you're not. Throughout this journey, when did the suitcase kind of thing end, or like you talked about? It sounds like you're heading for a fall, and what happened you know, exactly? Well, basically, the competition is, you know, other guys from London, they started getting wise. Hang on, Alpesh is coming here too often, buying too much stuff. Let's go and find out what he's up to. And then a lot, a lot of other guys, uh, you know, one of the richest guys in the UK, John Caldwell, he started after me. Yeah. Midland Cellular started after me. I, I, and, you know, uh, then you had other guys come in uh, from the UK. Then you had Nokia came in. And then all of a sudden, everyone was trading. And I'm like, uh, the, the margins were getting less. And, but yeah. I, my, my lifestyle was still being maintained, right? So now I was spending my savings. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, it just came to an end. By '95, I was completely down on my luck. And I then I decided, to, I got a call from my friend saying, "What's happening?" I said, "Not much." <laughs> and uh, he said, "You want to come down to South Africa? There could be some opportunities here." And I, I decided to uh, have a look at South Africa. I was really broke, really, yeah. really broke. And then I realized that you know, sometimes you want to be an entrepreneur. You're so used to living your own way of doing things, but really. It's nothing like having a, a, a normal job, you know, and, and yeah. one should not be ashamed of having a normal job. No way, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, 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 I looked for a job and I found a job with Harris Corporation. Basically, they needed a guy to run around Africa to okay. sell their microwave radios to GSM networks. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it, you know, because <laughs> I, I needed the money and, you know, I had, I had no fear. And that's when I learned how the operators work, buying is done, how they strategically build their networks. Um, you know, and I sold the most expensive radios uh, to African operators. So it kind of proved to me that it's not always about trying to be the best at price. Yeah. It's about how you position your offering. And, you know, you have to have a quality brand behind you. Harris Corporation is the creme de la creme of microwave radios because Harris Corporation makes defense radios for the U.S. military. Ah, okay. It was not for me because it was a very technical back-end job. I'm a... I'm a I'm like a showman. I like to be in the front. You know, I'm, I'm a sales and marketing guy. I like to be out there in the front. And I don't want to be selling boring products. And I got bored of selling a, a radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then uh, I, uh, I left them. And a uh, couple of months later, I found that uh, there was a position going at Motorola in Motorola, South Africa, for someone to, to drive their business on the rest of the continent. I got the job uh, at a time when Motorola was doing 40,000 units in Africa. And within a space of three to four years, I, I very quickly moved up and I became director of sales and put more than five million units into the continent, uh, you know, driving $500 million in revenue. And, and I opened up trading channels for Motorola. That's why they moved me to Dubai. I mean, and, then I lived in, and then I lived in Dubai for seven years. These companies that were sort of working in and doing quite well in Africa, they weren't putting a lot back into Africa. They were sort of taking the profits out and they weren't investing in the infrastructure in uh, Africa and thinking of it almost like a standalone continent in its own. It's, yeah. And so is, is that kind of where the idea or the origins of yeah. you, when you, know, I, you can feel this a lot better yes. and my yes. Africans can do it themselves, basically? Yes, because what I realized is that I made a lot of money for Motorola. Uh, the consumers contributed a lot of money towards Motorola revenues, but the amount of marketing support, the amount of... I was running Motorola on the continent. I was running 30 countries with two people. South Africa <laughs> had 120 people running three operators. You know, it's also very cultural. People, yeah. people from the West don't want to invest in black Africa. They don't. They, 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 you want the African dream, but you don't want the African pain? Excuse me. You know, you need to invest. Today, Motorola is no longer there. It's finished. Wow. 
a billion dollar plus company is out of business. This is because of the short-sightedness of these big corporates. Yeah. They think they know it all, but they don't. They're, good, they're, they're very good at doing certain things, but they're very bad at missing out on, 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 on low-hanging fruits. Yeah, you've got to have the local intel and someone like yourself who's on the ground because Africa, again, I think this, when I was speaking to a lot of Westerners as well, you sort of paint Africa with the same brush, whereas it's, just, it's a makeup of every country is so different in Africa. It's just like a jigsaw. It's a 54 countries. And yeah. so when I left Motorola, I said, hang on a minute. You know, I was approached by some of the other brands to run their African operation. I said, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to run around the continent again building someone else's brand. I think I can do this myself because I have the relationships and I have the front end and the back-end knowledge on how to do this business. Yeah, and if you did it again, they might just, the big company might just pull the rug from under you they again. Might pull the, exactly, and I'm, I, yeah, and I'm 40 plus, I've got a family, I've got kids, I've got, hang on a minute, I need to secure my future here because it's fine, I can have a night, and trust me, I was very well paid in Motorola, yeah. but it was never going to make me who I really wanted to be because I was also very stifled inside Motorola. A lot of my plans would get shut down. 70% mm -hmm. of my time was internal ass-kissing, Oh, right uh, and sending sending powerpoint presentations for six months trying to get approval oh, hang on a minute i have some great ideas and i can't express myself so what is the best way to free myself is to try and do it myself yeah and that's when i really put this challenge to myself like let's let's build the first african mobile devices brand and let's call it my phone love it if you think you're going to go out there and try and do a business with other people's money uh, you know, that's not cool no, because you will not, you've got to put your own skin in the game. Exactly. Otherwise, you're not going to respect. Exactly the same. Skin in the game makes a big difference and you play it differently. And that's what I did because I opened the business in 2008, the middle of a recession, worldwide turmoil. Who the hell was going to give me, an Indian guy, money to sell cheap so-called Chinese phones into Africa? No one. <laughs> yeah. No one. That's a tough sell. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. So I had to sort it out myself. And I said, and within three months, I had my phone up and running. I thought of the idea in, Jan in, uh, in, this, in uh, December 20, 2007. On April 1st, 2008, we had our first purchase order. Oh, my God. That on the day awesome. we opened, and it's not a joke. I know it's April Fool's. But <laughs> on the day we opened, we had our first purchase order from an operator in Ghana. So we are revenue generating from day one. We are not a startup like in Silicon Valley where you work for five years and you, and you, know, you, you get $20 million funding and you don't generate any revenues for five years because we never had that option. What has really ramped it up in the last six years? Can you tell any highlights for this journey? Uh, there's a lot of highlights. There's a lot of downloads. I mean, yeah. do I think, did I think at the six years ago that I would be in this position today? No, I thought I'd be much, 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 much more bigger. Mm. But, um, but in reality... I have failed many, many times within my phone in terms of the last six years because You're I thought... You're against some giants as well. I'm a, it's a David and Goliath story. Yeah. You have no money, so you have to think extra smart. What keeps my phone going is the innovation. And yeah. innovation is coming from what I think at night, what, how I want to do this business. Our first innovation that put us on the map was the My Obama phone. Tell us about that. Obama became president and, we, and he was from Kenya. Yeah. So we launched a co-branded phone called Obama and I figured out, hang on a minute, That's if you can awesome. put Obama on a t-shirt and a teacup, you can put him on a phone. <laughs> That's genius, man. I love it. So we, we came out with my Obama, which we sold in Kenya only. We sold like 8,000 phones in five days. <laughs> and, and, but we, had, we have 2 million web impressions. Yeah. 
Blimey. Because everyone was talking about Obama, and then all of a sudden they're saying, have you seen the Obama phone? Wow. Yeah, um, no. It's just a phone with his brand on it. I mean, that's a story. People all over the world will want to catch a bit of that story. That's, yeah, it's great marketing. You know, within the six years, we, we, we're now in quite a few countries, um, but, but it's still very hard because now you've got new entrants coming in. You've got guys with very deep pockets. Yeah. Last year, again, as part of our innovation is evolving my phone from being a device brand into a, into a lifestyle brand. Yeah. So we had the idea of launching a credit card that we can now empower African youth with. When they buy a MyPhone, they get a free, uh, a free prepaid debit card. Okay. Right? Yeah. So now, now, now we're talking about addressing the unbanked. We're talking about financial inclusion. We're talking about uh, driving revenues after we sold the device by people using their mobile wallet and making a transaction on the phone screen. No other, no other handset manufacturer ever came out with their own, with their own credit card. So yeah. I know we were the first to do that. The one that I'm really proud of now Besides being always, obviously being proud of my phone is is what we what we what we launched five months ago, which is Oju, which is the world's first black smiley. The world's first black smiley. Talk me through this. So we had a we had an idea a year and a half ago. We're looking at the my phone, saying, how do we make these more African? Yeah. And again, we're not a technology company, so we looked through the phone and said, hang on a minute, there's too many bloody yellow smileys on this phone. That's a great. We shot. need to add some black smileys. <laughs> That's awesome. It's one yeah. of the things that people are just used to and no one's really thought about it. Yeah, completely. No one's really thought of it. So again, again, it's about taking a traditional business model and flipping the script. That's what we did with the yeah. phone. That's what we're doing with the card. And that's what we're doing with the emoticons. So five months ago, we launched Oju. Why? Because there was a big hoo-ha by Miley Cyrus and MTV uh, complaining to Apple on the lack of racially diverse emoticons. And, and we immediately put out the press release that we've already got them. We've had immense, immense amount of press on CNN, Huffington Post, BBC World, Al Jazeera, a small African company beats Apple to it. That is brilliant, mate. I love yeah. that. Absolutely love that. Man, it sounds like there is no limit, which is what, that's what we, the sort of people want on this show. Just absolutely like you're living without There's limits. no limit. There's no limit. The only thing stopping us, unfortunately, is, is, is the fact that, you know, we, we are, you know, very much in need of some muscle behind us in terms of yeah. funding so we can really take this out. But what we have proven over the last six years is that you can build a business with zero in the toughest environment on the planet, Africa, mm -hmm. dealing with the toughest industry on the planet, which is cutthroat mobile devices. Oh, that's huge. It was into your 40s when you launched MyPhone and had the idea of that, and you had such an experience, so many people, different people you've met all over the world. This is our Yoda question. Who helped you along the way awaken your alpha? Who were some key figures that really, you know, in, either inspired you or gave you the sort of motivation to go and do it yourself. Some of my guys, like my, I've, I've got a shareholder, Deji Akinyandri, is a, a very, very successful Nigerian entrepreneur. He built Nigeria's biggest chicken, chicken farm, chicken uh, fast food outlets. Okay. Um, he's a, a close buddy of mine. I learned a lot from him. He's uh, really done something great. I, my, my, my equity shareholder, one of my equity shareholders, Mr. Robin Sharma. Who is one of the worldwide leadership experts? I was going to say, I, yeah, I know. Well, I don't know Robin Sharma. I know of Robin yeah. Sharma. Yeah. Robin, Robin is. Uh, I met Robin on the beach. He loved my story. We had a five-hour lunch, you know, awesome. and he uh, he he gladly became uh, uh, became involved in my phone. I, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot from the hip hop guys like Jay Z and Puffy, um, yeah. because these guys have built something from nothing. They've taken. I mean, look at what Puff Daddy has done with C-Rock Vodka. Yeah. Right, Ciroc Vodka is a traditional old French brand, and he's just made it very, very hip. Yeah. And he, but but he's not a he's not a brand ambassador. He's taken a a, a cut of every bottle sold. Yeah. You know. That's and that is business. That's yeah. <laughs> that's some business. You know. So I've got to follow people um, who have lived the same kind of way that I've lived. 
who, have, who come from similar backgrounds, who come from similar environments, you know? Yeah. And if, you know, another great mate of mine, Sanjay Vadera, he's one of the largest perfume guys in the UK, you know? I, I self-made guy, he left Uganda today, he's one of the largest perfume guys in Europe, you know? Yeah. And it's guys like that that I look up to and I, I say, wow, you know what? These guys are doing it. Yeah. Against all, all, against all the odds. Before we start the interview, I was saying you're sort of our, our second African stroke, African Indian, I know, is, is your background, um, to come on the show. And we, we need a lot more. And that list of people you've just sort of talked about, absolutely awesome recommendations. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, de I'll definitely, I'll definitely uh, uh, hook you up with them. Uh, you can uh, arrange to speak with oh. them directly. But look, there's a lot of guys doing a lot of good things in Africa today. You know, it's, it's a continent that I think uh, has a long way to go. I think well, Africa is what China was 15 years ago. What's stopping African Africa from progressing is Africans themselves. See, there's a lot of tension between countries, different countries. There's a lot of, no, but you see, there's a lot of tension, but Africans have a mindset of, traditional mindset is, you know, I want to make money now, I don't really care about tomorrow. Yeah. Right? There's that short-term mindset because even the political leaders, they don't know how long they're going to be in power. So why do you <laughs> yeah. think that half of them are so corrupt? Yeah, get their money and right? get out. Get or... the money now. Screw everyone else. And that's the mentality and also the colonial mentality of divide and conquer. Mm. Right? The British, the French, the Belgians, they all came and they came with the divide and conquer mentality that has ingrained into yeah. some Africans where, you know, it happens in my business. They don't respect what I do, but they'd rather have a phone that comes from Europe. Oh my but goodness. it's the same bloody yeah. phone and it's a little bit more expensive, but they'd rather buy the phone coming from a European. It's crazy. Yep, but it's yeah, crazy. It's but reality. we know that uh, the, the, you know the infrastructure is really bad. Yeah, it's just they're very just very slow at doing things. And I think Africa's biggest problem is that the African people uh, have to manage their time better. I think they're not making use of their time. I, I always remember you've just reminded me of something when I was in Africa. But I think the first time I ordered some food in Africa, it was in like, and it was not a bad hotel, just some stand place. I just got there and uh, I ordered some food, and. Uh, I'm not joking. It was probably about two and a half hours, and it was not. It was not. It was like dead. There was nothing going on. Two and a half hours later, I got my food, and I was like the whole time. I was. I was we've sitting with someone who like travelled all through. There it was a bit of a guide and stuff. And I was like, "Have they forgotten?" And he was like, "No, no, no." He said, "You gotta. You know, we're on Africa time now." And that was like that term got so, told to me so when things just took like ridiculous amounts of time, like so slow. People are just like, "Ah, it's Africa time. Just get. <laughs> you've got to get onto African time." But yeah. yeah, we are onto the alpha round so you've we've heard so much about your story but i just want to kind of start rounding things up any tools tips and resources that you can suggest and recommend for us and we like to start that off with a book recommendation that's uh i've one of your favorite books of all time or something that you you really think is useful to the entrepreneur in today one of, one of the good books that i that i that i uh that i kind of read is you know uh, robin sharma's uh, the greatness guide it's, it's a good book that you know certain principles about making use of your time the five the five o'clock in the morning rule you know, yeah, I, I um, like the five o'clock in the morning rule. I never yeah. thought I would. I try, I try, I try and live with that, but it doesn't help if you go to bed at two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you got to have some flexibility in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's a lot of good magazines, a lot of good books. Obviously, there's a lot of information on the web. Yeah. One of the things that we, we did for the first two years in Michael, we didn't even have an office. So when you have a business and you're starting a business, do not waste your money trying to get fancy offices. You don't need it. Oh, completely right? agree. Yeah. You don't need it. Today's world is very mobile. Use other people's facilities, whether it's hot desking, whether it's working from home. I ran a business for two years on Skype. Use Skype. That's, it's a very good tool. I'm talking to you today on Skype. Yeah, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things out there 
that uh, that are easily available. Don't get carried away with the hype of uh, you know look like you're a proper business. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't need that. And and make sure that you always focusing on the orders. You focus on the orders, everything else will take care of itself. No, that's an important point because, like you say, people can get sidetracked with the hype and the uh, the market. And that's why today, that, that's why, and that's why today you see entrepreneurs. They they call themselves entrepreneurs, but they're not. They're yeah. not entrepreneurs because they have a thing about this is my idea and I want to keep it close to my chest and all that. Mm. But you could be the smartest technical person on the in the planet, but if you don't know how to commercialize your skills, forget it. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. It's not so this sustain, well, it's, I, not, it's not a long term option then, is it's it? Not really? long term. How have you used uh, social media in MyPhone's development? Uh, for us, it's a way of creating communities. It's a way of us sending our message. Um, you know, I've, I've got my own Facebook page. I've got a MyPhone page. We've got an Oju page. Whenever we have an event or an article from the press, we post it. Yep. 600 people like it. It just keeps on reinforcing. I'm not saying that 600 people are going to buy your product. No. But it reinforces the brand message. Next week, we are launching Africa's first direct-to-consumer online phone site. Okay. Right? This is going to be revolutionary again because, again, no African, no, no brand in Africa today, mobile phone brand, has its own direct-to-consumer portal. We, we want to sell our phones directly to the African man yep. on the street. He pays. He gets his phone delivered within 24 to 48 hours. Remember, we have stocks in quite a few countries, so our logistics is quite, quite spot on. Yeah. And it gives us direct access to the consumer. It gives him the best prices. We avoid the middlemen. We avoid the carriers, everything. It's a different ballgame in Africa now because today in Africa – the guy on the street is still not getting the phone at a good price. Why? Because there's so many middlemen. Yeah. It's like to get everyone's, it adding on, everyone's adding on their few dollars. I want to cut all of that out. I'm saying I want to go directly to the consumer. The t I'm just looking at the time. I can't believe how long we've been talking. It's just gone so... It feels like this is like the first 10 minutes of my normal interviews because it's been just so interesting. But I'm going to try and squeeze in one, one of my silly rounds because I like to find out a little bit more about the person. So this is called the complete blanker round. And all you have to do is complete the blanks to finish my sentence and we'll find out a little bit more about you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Don't be worried, okay. We start this off with then. Your best friend would describe you as? Uh, extremely crazy. <laughs> okay. Your favorite movie of all time is? Scarface. Listening to your story and how we've been talking about that, that really seems to fit. I like that. <laughs> cool. Your celebrity crush is? Oof. Um, any, any, anyone who's a, who's a, who's a brown sugar. <laughs> I was gonna say Jessica Alba keeps coming up. Well, so there's, you there's Jessica just... Alba. There's, there's Jessica Alba. There's uh, Eva Mendes. There's there's, there's all these. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, it, they, I mean, there's some there's some extremely beautiful looking brown sugars out there. Okay. <laughs> and your number one alpha on the planet that you would like to tune into, awaken your alpha, and listen to an interview from is. I would say today, like it's got to be Puff Daddy. Yeah, it's a good shout, right? <laughs> If you, when you get him on speed, dar. Yeah, when I when I yeah, when I hook up with him, uh, <laughs> I, and, and on 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 a closing note, I have a I have a very important quote that I want to share with you. Now, this is not my quote. I don't know who who said it, but I kind of have been growing accustomed to it. Now, when you ask me, oh, you're on the front end, but you're doing a technical product because I like to surround myself with clever people, right? An entrepreneur does not need to know it all, right? You just need to have the ability to be able to surround yourself or get hold of people that can add value to your offering. Yeah. So if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Hell yeah, completely agree. It's not gonna help you raise your game at all. And my mistake was sometimes that I think I'm the smartest guy in the room. So again, 
you know, we, we're all learning every day. Oh, definitely. Alpesh, thank you so much for your time today. What is the best way people can connect with you or find out more about you, my phone, and everything else you're up to? Uh, best way to get hold of me is my Twitter at MyAlpesh, M-I-A-L-P-E-S-H. Yep. And, uh, you know, the My Phone Facebook page. Yep. Okay. And that's, um, yeah, and it's, it's MI-phone, isn't it? Uh, mi-phone.ob uh, is our website. And yeah. ojuafrica.com is our Oju site, which I'd love people to go and have a look. You can go on any... On any Android phone, you can go to Google Play Store today and download your OGs for free. Finally, I guess then, what does the future hold for you and my phone? Uh, it's limitless. Love it. That's, it's, mate, limit, it's limitless. Uh, it's, it's like it's the tagline of the show. It's Perfect. Limitless. <laughs> okay. Cool, man. Well, again, if there's anything I can do to help out with my phone and its domination that's coming, just don't don't be a stranger and just reach out if there's anything I can do to help. And uh, mate, I'm inspired. I absolutely love the story behind the company and what you're doing. I think it's brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. And I look forward to being in touch and look forward to the story. No worries. Thank you. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Youth Fit 2014 Youth Health and Fitness Summit. If you work with under 18s and are passionate about raising the bar both in terms of your own coaching, your income and the lives of all those under 18s you help, you need to be here. Come and experience the first ever annual summit of the UK Youth Conditioning Association, Saturday November 22nd 2014. If you're in the UK you've got no excuses, get your butt down here, the pre-launch is on now, now's the time to get a good deal. Contact me, Adam Lewis Walker, you can go through Facebook. Just get involved, get in contact. Now is the time. Let's take ownership of this. As, as the UK, we need our own summits and we can smash this. Hope to see you all there. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. <laughs> <laughs>